0: Hi, my name is Gunnar Froh and I'm your host on the Wonder Mobility Podcast. Welcome back to the Wonder Mobility Podcast. Today, I'm with Dennis Brinkmann, founder and CEO of VeloCity. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Gunnar. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks for having me today. We saw each other in person a few months ago in Aachen. Mm-hmm. Aachen German speakers, of course, know about it internationally. Not everyone heard about the city, but Aachen is home to Germany's probably number one engineering school. Huge university, huge campus right at the border between uh, Germany and the Netherlands. And you are from that university, but also yes. past 10 years already, you've been in a uh, new mobility. You launched a bike sharing service there that's since then gone into lots of other cities that you've converted the company from basically a local operator into a solution provider for other cities. That's very interesting because bikes, sharing bikes are a good part, hopefully, of the mobility future. So we wanted to talk about it um, a bit more today. Can you tell us, before we talk about the product, the solution, where you, where you see what's working, what's, what's not, where you get the traction, a bit about your background, how you got into this, how you got started on this topic?
1: Yeah, my academic background is in uh, business administration and electrical engineering here uh, at RWTH Aachen University. But you already said this is one of the paths of engineering. I would say in Germany, and besides some other great tech universities, we have we also have a good startup environment. This is where we come from with a uh, city. And nearly ten years ago, we started with this uh, idea. Back then, I was uh, yeah, I just started uh, my master's thesis at the university and looked more into the energy industry sector. I would say uh, I worked at the Eon Energy Research Center here and uh, yeah, aiming at a PhD at a career in the energy industry then. Uh, Everything went a little different, I would say, (laughs) because I get in touch with a small, uh, I got in touch with a small team, with a small group of students. We tried to find a new way of mobility, uh, add a new part to the mobility concept here in Aachen because we always uh, had the problem or the demand as students to travel from the city center, where a lot of uh, university buildings are placed, to a new, to this campus area. We always have to travel by bus, Mm -hmm. which worked Okay, I would say in the in the more frequent time times of the day, so the the peak times from nine to to five, but afterwards it was always a bit pain a great pain to to move back to the city center and this there was a huge demand for the for the locals to do something about this and uh, yeah so we thought about to bring the system in field uh, together with a couple of students and uh, with uh, Professor Aachen Kamke, one of the mobility pioneers, which is also uh, yeah, located here in Aachen with his uh, company back then, Street Scooter.
0: Street Scooter, an EV company from Germany, from Aachen, Deutsche Post and so on, its own journey. And a lot of um, new startups, new companies came um, from this environment and you basically targeted your own Let's say a um, problem in, in this area there was not yeah. um, unique, better urban mobility to reach the campus out there and you got traction in Aachen. Maybe you can talk a bit about the scale that you reached in Aachen by now, and then you converted that into product, kind of a full package also for other cities. Can you talk a bit about traction in Aachen and how this transition happened and where you are um, today in this rollout?
1: Where we started, um, we thought the product's. Should, should already be be available from scratch more or less <laughs> so we thought we could um, add different components together to 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 build up this shared mobility scheme with e-bikes but then we we had to learn that there are no no e-bikes uh, which are suitable for for sharing schemes we had to learn that there are no charging stations for public sharing and we had to learn that uh, even the software platforms and everything around this are, um, are not available in a great scale I would say so we, at, at first step, then we had to build our own products together with the university and with local industry partners to, to build up the systems from locals for locals here in Aachen and start the operation. This is what we did then in the end of uh, 2016. We started here with the first 10 stations, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, already then with a close link to the public transportation company in Aachen, ASIC. So, so from the beginning on, we tried to, to talk to the government on the one hand and to the politics to see what are the needs of the of the people here in Aachen, besides ours, because this was also very important from us from the beginning. And uh, on the other hand, how could we build up something which is um, sustainable so in the in the, in the um, art of operation we, we, are, we are thinking about?
0: Was your and product so we... a station-based bike sharing product from the beginning? And why did you choose that? Because I guess initially that's a higher upfront investment. So, what were the pros and cons, and why did you make it station-based?
1: One major pro from 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 our side, or the, the major challenge still is to to um, get to to work uh, to operate profitability with profitability. Mm-hmm. And um, when you build up a station-based system, you uh, need less personal resources for the operation in field. So you have no battery swapping, you have no um, juicer business. Uh, you have fixed fixed points of interest for for the users, mm-hmm. and uh, this is also a pro, uh, which which was very very uh, highly important for for the municipality here in Aachen. They were always on this side that they wanted to build up something, yeah, which is which is long term sustainable. On the other hand, as you already mentioned, you have uh, higher installation costs, and uh, yeah, this is quite a challenge for a startup to to manage this here in Aachen, We have the big uh, opportunity or the big uh, advantage that we, that we found some possibilities for funding. So also the first uh, station installations were funded by the, by a new uh, program. Yeah. Which we uh, set up together with the city of Aachen. Mm-hmm.
0: And you mentioned that in the beginning, when you um, set out to launch in Aachen, you looked around in the um, industry, what components you could source. And um, you ended up, um, I, I think until um, today, working with partners in some areas, but also yep. um, you um, are going deep in a part of the stack, let's say. Um, talk a bit about this, maybe. Um, what is your um, um, contribution here that you uh, own end-to-end? Um, why this piece? And uh, where, where where are you today with that? And how is that evolving?
1: Yeah, there we have uh, different layers of, of uh, deep Integration or deep development, I would say, for the charging station, it's it's still uh, the the case that we have to, or we or we uh, develop our own product. So right. we have our own um, own charging station, our own uh, dock connector to to connect different vehicles to to the charging station, and there we have built up a system which is uh, yeah, suitable to meet different requirements of our customers. So different different requirements of the grid connection and the energy suppliers, for example, and this still is a big challenge to, to meet all these requirements in Germany. <laughs> and uh, for, for the other parts, we didn't want to, to, to go deep into the development. For example, for the, for the e-bikes, uh, we, we, all, we always try to, yeah, to find strategic partners who were able to um, adapt the vehicles to our system. So mm-hmm. to um, bring in a robust vehicle, an easy to use vehicle which meets the requirements for public sharing. And then we add our component with this dock connector that dock the vehicles to our station, communicate with them via our backends, and charge them via the charging infrastructure.
0: Mm -hmm. So this whole package that you're offering to public and private customers is basically a dock based sharing station could be different vehicle types, mostly e-bikes, but could be also other vehicle types. Right. And that comes with an end customer facing software um, solution, the bike or the vehicles um, and the operations. And in this, you are plugging different solutions together, but the station is one that you are controlling end to end that you've basically um, developed and um, keep um, iterating on. And how how did this evolve and where is this going? Why is it strategic for you to own um, the station part? Can you talk what's unique about your stations, what the challenges were, and like how you are making this more valuable for your customers than before?
1: From my point of view, I would say when we look at station-based, the dock uh, sharing systems, the charging infrastructure itself is always the heart of uh, of everything mm-hmm. because. Uh, this is more or less this what you see as a customer at uh, every every point you are integrating in the in the system. So in our operating area in Aachen, for example, we have uh, around 120 uh, charging stations right now with uh, six to 12 uh, charging slots each. So a lot of slots um, around the city, uh, a very dense net. Yeah, and this is more or, more or less the heart of everything, which enables us to 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 build up the infrastructure for the city, then integrate different vehicles from from suppliers. And uh, there we have the chance or the advantage that if we have a reliable uh, supplier network, then uh, we can we can offer our customers uh, a small catalog of uh, proven vehicles for for the system, which would not be possible if we have to develop everything by ourselves. To be honest.
0: Mm-hmm. And we touched on this in the beginning, but we didn't put any numbers to it yet. So you grew um, successfully in Aachen. And I believe your first company was basically this bike sharing operator for Aachen. And then you founded a second company that would use um, this experience and basically offer like a package product um, to other clients, public or private clients, and has since launched in a number of other cities. Can you talk a bit about the like scale of your system in Aachen and kind of footprint number of other cities or so that you've launched with your technology since then?
1: Yes, we started with this uh, local local operating business. We had the chance to, to learn a lot about uh, how to operate a system and which uh, challenges you have to you have to face when you are an operator of a public sharing system. And then um, we also get a lot of attention, I would say, from from potential other customers, uh, mainly cities and uh, energy suppliers or public transportation companies, who also want to follow this path of building up an own um, system, own operated system, to to also have the chance to, to um, decide where you we you would like to. Build up the next station where you would like to to help customers to their points of interest in the city with uh, this kind of mobility offer. And this is then why we uh, made this step, or why we why we would why we were, were able to make this step in the last years to build up Velocity Mobility as a company, who is a tech provider who can provide this this kind of uh, hardware and software solutions and also services for other operators. Right now we are. Um, we, we, we have customers in, uh, in the south of Germany, in Ravensburg, in Billings-Schwenning, for example, in Düsseldorf, in uh, Limburg, in the Netherlands, also in Brandenburg, uh, Germany. So we have a lot of points on, on the map right now with, with our solutions, uh, more or less 25 uh, cities are connected uh, to our services right now.
0: So active in 25 cities today after originally um, in Aachen. And uh, what's the scale of your system in Aachen by now, roughly in terms of uh, monthly active users or um, trips or um, vehicles or something like that?
1: When it comes to trips, I think we have around uh, 30,000 trips per month right now with a fleet size of nearly 500. Um, but this, this depends a little bit because the area of the... Um, of the operation in in the Netherlands, in Limburg, close to the border and Aachen is connected right now. And we we are also on our way to connect uh, other cities uh, in the, I don't know how it's called, in the Kreis Aachen, so in the uh, suburban areas around Aachen to this operating area.
0: What were some of your most important learnings over these last years when you try to establish such um, systems in cities like big failure points maybe that you didn't anticipate but that others uh, could learn from. That's good to, to hear about um, beforehand that you would have done differently. Maybe in hindsight, can you share a little bit from yeah. your experience?
1: Yeah, I would say one, one main challenge is uh, profitability and there therefore you have to always uh, have, a, have a good look and good understanding of your operating costs. This, is, this was we, w- what we learned. I would say we learned it also the, the hard way in the last years in Aachen. Back in 2019, we had, a, we had some trouble with uh, misuse and vandalism. And uh, what we um, what we tried to to, to analyze was uh, how big is the issue of the vehicles for the system? Is the vehicle perfectly um, suitable for for public operation? Mm-hmm. And if, if this is not the case, and then you can get a lot of trouble, which ends up with uh, high operating costs.
0: So you had to go through iterations basically on the vehicle, and yeah, we would have probably we had a plan to record this anyhow, but. Uh, When this comes out, it will be probably a few weeks ago. We also announced with our two um, companies that we are now um, collaborating on the bike because that's something we've seen in other um, cases. Basically, um, Mm -hmm. the software um, has some optimization potential, um, but often a lot of money is lost on the actual hardware. And is it um, sharing ready? (laughs) And how does it drive um, operations costs and so on? And we basically were kind of just agreeing over the course of the summer to send a large number of bikes that are um, developed by us, modified by us into your um, system, hoping to drive down total cost of ownership um, in this way. But I think that's one aspect. Quality of the bike, is it really sharing ready? And what are some other... Um, things that maybe people didn't wouldn't anticipate. If you are in a city now and thinking about launching a system like this, that um, you would advise they keep in mind from the beginning.
1: Yeah, from the beginning on. I would say it's 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 quite hard if you start such a business to to anticipate the customers' behavior on the other side, to see how they how they uh, how they act when they try to book a book a vehicle, reserve a vehicle, and do all these processes. You try to optimize from. From the theory side um, at first, and then you have to learn that the, this kind of processes maybe didn't, didn't work out that well <laughs> as they did in your prototyping uh, in your prototyping space. This is also something we had to learn. This, this uh, software side and the software processes, they have to be really easy to use, intuitive on the other side, also robust.
0: What does, what's a, what does a reasonable expectation look like for a mid-sized city if you want to establish let's say, a first um, bike sharing in your city, uh, you have a number of customers, like let's say um, 100,000, 200,000 people in the city. Um, you're envisioning probably what's a reasonable, let's say, minimum size for such a system to make sense in terms of number of bikes, a few hundred probably. Yeah. Um, so you would put two, 300 um, bikes maybe initially. Can you hope um, as a city, as a local um, utility provider who wants to establish something like this, is it reasonable to hope to break even on such a, case in the first year or how many years does it take or is that going to be an ongoing investment much like the rest of your can you put some numbers to it what would in terms of the investment that's required payback periods um, if if everything goes well
1: I would say it it, it depends on a business case we are rolling out together with our partner but um, for smaller projects uh, when when we're looking into the B2G uh, cases we normally we talk about a city of at least seventy five thousand uh, mm-hmm. to one hundred thousand inhabitants and uh, then we would uh, recommend a start with uh, twenty charging stations and at least uh, one hundred fifty to two hundred bikes. This is such a, a small small case for for smaller cities and uh, then it's still hard to 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 reach profitability in the first year, especially when you have to bring up this initial invest by yourself.
0: What kind of order of magnitude of initial invest or maybe ongoing cost would a city be looking at with that and and how many people would such a system reach um, probably in the first years? I'd say what does a good case look like um, first or third year number of people who've used the system, number of rides taken, but also how much um, budget would a city roughly have to allocate for that?
1: Budget starts uh, around 500k, I would say. this is a start if you have to bring up put this initial um, investment together there's still still a very good uh, chance that you you, you can uh, you can apply for for public funding so you can uh, reduce this uh, initial investment yeah if, if everything goes really well to to twenty percent of the of the whole investment oh. um on the other hand this this is this, is, uh, or this also um, goes together with a with a longer longer sales lead or a longer lead, um, a longer project lead time.
0: Lead time to get everything improved, yeah. And how many people um, would be using such a system then in the end after one or two years, if everything goes well? Because like, what's the impact you would hope to have on your city number of people benefiting?
1: For the starting years, we we always calculate with around uh, 10% of the whole potential customers in the city. So of all the
0: inhabitants. 10% of the people in the city, in mm-hmm. a good rollout, we signed up after one year yeah. for a project that gives you 20 stations, about 200 bikes and in a city of about 7,500,000 people for the cost of 500 or less. Or, the, And if you take some extra time to go through all the, let's say, public funding um, schemes that are mm-hmm. available, it takes a bit longer, but it can be drastically reduced. So the barriers to entry into having such a system in your city are quite low, basically, with your experience with yeah, this kind it of is. upfront investment
1: yeah, yeah, yeah and it's also to, it's also a good way to reach more potential customers if you if you close this link to the public transportation companies uh, really really early because then you can also yeah uh, reach this this customer base directly
0: do you have some examples um, of where people have done this well um, already integration of a sharing system run by Velocity into um, their public transportation user base?
1: Yeah, but say for this, Aachen and uh, Ravensburg are really good examples. Now also Düsseldorf, but Aachen and Ravensburg, they're um, even, even in a longer relationship, business relationship with us.
0: And they how are directly. They? St- Sorry, how are yeah. they doing that?
1: They they directly started with a deep integration into their um, public transportation app. So they directly started to to use an aggregator API from our side to, to put every customer of their public transportation app in the possibility to use our system the easy registration process then with low barriers yeah this is a good way to to reach people's attention really early
0: and we've really zoomed into cities now as a use case who want to somehow complement rotation and this is probably an easy relatively low investment way to also having this kind of scheme and trying it out if they integrate it deeply with their existing digital offerings basically then it rolls out even faster but what are some other uh, you know target markets that you have some other um, client profiles that you're going after with this maybe also in the private um, sector other use cases can you elaborate a bit on who else is benefiting from this combination that you have
1: we are not directly aiming at the b2c sector but Mm -hmm. uh, besides uh, our reference project in the yeah, B2G market. We are also aiming at uh, business-to-business customers. So companies which uh, which are willing to to do the next step for fleet digitization, for example, this is always a good start where we can where we can find a place for our products to to add a small fleet of e-bikes, for example, to their existing um, fleet. Mm-hmm. And this is all, This is also where the cooperation to Wunder is really really important for us because the smaller cases. Uh, need some more flexibility, I would say, in the in the software area. This is something we also would like to explore together.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you give a concrete example of what you envision for a B2B um, use case? So who's the customer? What are they trying to do? How does this make it easier for them?
1: One example for for an active customer who's using our system already is also in uh, located in Düsseldorf, a uh, local energy supplier of Düsseldorf. They are using our, our e-bikes. They have, uh, I think, Three stations now running on their sites in this loft, which are more or less connected, but it's it's a really big area, service area, where they are using also uh, bigger vehicle types for these uh, distances, which is not really sustainable, mm-hmm. but common in, in many companies, I would say. And they added these around 15 e-bikes to their fleet, which are now used for business trips, but also for service trips, where, they, where the workers of this uh, company bring their own uh, equipment with them use our cargo bikes there are also cargo bikes in this system not just our e-bikes mm-hmm. yeah right now this, this is a big advantage for them when it comes to the cost side because they can substitute a lot of uh, yeah trips uh, with, with higher costs with other vehicle types in their fleet and they also have the big advantage that uh, at least this part of their Fleet is in, in full digital process. Then they do not use uh, Excel tables or stuff like this. Or uh, somebody who has to uh, hand over the keys for a car, for example.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there, there, there's 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 a lot of uh, analog stuff going on in these companies still.
0: Mm-hmm. You've been in this business for almost ten years. Initially focused on Aachen to get operations up there, but last four years tech provider basically or full solution provider to launch also um for other clients externally. And from my perspective, you are sitting on like an interesting portfolio of clients um, that have, you know, a few dozen stations, sometimes a few hundred vehicles um, already running, but the potential more, if you talk about Düsseldorf, for example. And I think that's an for, for many people, like when and if uh, shared mobility will really go into the mainstream and go from half or 1% of trips uh, taken uh, in the city Institute um, of that from your perspective and from your experience, what's more, what is mostly holding your clients back, for example, from making these systems five times, 10 times larger, what would have to happen? Is that a matter of time? Mostly people have to get used to it or are there certain bottlenecks that you are also working on that we still have to overcome?
1: If you look from, from now into the future, I would say it's just it's really just a matter of time because uh, the municipalities and politics... Everybody's talking, talking about this to take this, uh, yeah, this kind of shared micro mobility more into their own hands. Mm-hmm. But now they have to do it, and they have to uh, decide about budgets to do it, and uh, also decide about people who, who care about uh, the the rollout in the in the city. And a really good example for this is also Düsseldorf, I would say. But the the, the public sharing scheme because they. They build up an own company for this. So mm-hmm. the city of Düsseldorf, they they build up a own company um, to um, roll out the systems and also to um, to structureize the other micro It's it's not a greenfield there. They're not they, they're not trying to do everything from scratch, but they try to organize all the players in the market and put something on top. And this on top is what we we deliver to them: um, bike sharing and cargo bike sharing. What they do is they have. Uh, Points of interest, and they are looking to to build up up to 100 of these points of interest with e-bike sharing and cargo bike sharing in the city. And uh, I would say this is what we see in the last years, what is going on in the market, that this view of the municipalities and the politics changed. They try to to get this offers to get these schemes uh, more and more connected to each other, more and more connected to the public transport, which is a very good t- development from my point of view, and um, which is is a really good step to build up resilient mobility concepts.
0: Where's the bottleneck at the moment to have much more um, trips taken on shared vehicles in the markets that you are working in? Would there be demand today um, for for more trips and more bikes, but it takes time to make um, the, the offer available or would the demand, is, is it more with the consumer adoption that there's also not more demand yet at the moment?
1: Yeah, maybe maybe that. And maybe it also depends on the price take. For, for, for this kind of offers.
0: What's the situation um, today in terms of price? Because I think it's interesting. It's not a fully, let's say, free market in the cases that we are talking yeah. about right now where your customer yeah. is the um, city or the energy provider. Can you explain a bit how that these vehicles are offered at, at the moment?
1: Yeah. When, when, when you build up the systems together with, uh, with public institutions, then they always look at the prices of uh, other public transportation modes like uh, bus or tram or more common ways of, of public transport. And then as a fully economically free um, acting company, you have, you have the challenge to, to meet these prices because they're really, really low. For, um, I think the price tag in smaller cities for, for a bus trip, for example, in Ravensburg is around two euros. If you try to meet this price tag with your, with your offer, it's quite hard. If you look at the free floating office now, they are in, a, in another range, I would say. And if the cities want to change this and make this sustainable in an economic way, then substitution is one way. Another way is to uh, work with the lower operating costs. And this is why we think if you have this station-based systems up, up and running once and you brought up this initial investment, then the operating costs are much lower and this gives you the chance to meet this public transportation price tag and to reach more more potential customers. Um,
0: what, to can use you give an example uh, um, at what rate um, e-bikes are offered on your system at the moment? And is, does that include basically a subsidy? Are you getting some money directly mm-hmm. from your customer or is it all revenues that, that you are paying? By.
1: This depends on the system we are talking about. Mm-hmm. But uh, for our reference system in Aachen, we have cooperation with the city of Aachen, and they help us to uh, fill the gap between our price take and the needed price take to be um, to operate the system in a profitable way.
0: And I, I assume so, the city has set this um, price. This was part of your agreement. They this, they came exactly. up with how much the public prices, right? How much is it in this example in Aachen? No, it's uh, €1.50
1: for, for the first half an hour.
0: 1 euro fifty for the first half hour. And you gave another example from Ravensburg, bus ticket, €2. Euros. Aachen is probably similar uh, on a short distance, €2. Euros. So this is designed right now in Aachen to be at or below almost public transport prices. Exactly, yeah. And with that, what kind of adoption are you seeing? Could you basically put fifty percent, one hundred percent more bikes onto the street in Aachen, and would they be used? Or uh, like, what is utilization, much demand? Would there be at this at this price point that's already so attractive?
1: Yeah, this is more or less our target uh, for Aachen. We we think about a fleet size of uh, one thousand two hundred bikes, more or less. One thousand two hundred
0: uh, bikes making how many trips per day? Um,
1: making. Maybe 2.5 trips per vehicle per day.
0: Yeah. So 3,000 roughly um, trips mm-hmm. per day in a city yeah. with 40,000 students. Um, I would say
1: that the, the, the demand is even higher, but then at, at one point, maybe the utilization rate goes down. So this is something we have to learn about uh, with our next rollouts.
0: Have you um, seen how, this how point? the adoption works? No, nope, not yet. Okay. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> so when you add more vehicles to the um, system... the this, this is where we are standing right now, exactly. Why are cities <laughs> not just thinking in much bigger dimensions? And because don't you have to think like kind of from the end, so total trips taken in Aachen per day, I don't know, there are 40,000 students, but I don't know, total population, maybe help me out, how many in Aachen? 250,000. 250,000. If it's yeah? the same as Hamburg, they take about three trips per day. It's not changing Mm -hmm. over time. So there are like 700 or 800,000 trips taken per day in Aachen. And maybe you want 5% of those to be taken on shared bikes. And that's 800,000 times 40,000 trips per day at three trips per bike per day, which is a bit higher than today's utilization. That would be um, 10,000 bikes or 12,000 bikes, 13,000 bikes are needed. Why don't they quickly build up towards 5,000 or 10,000 bikes in the city?
1: Good question. I would say then then we, we have to enter another discussion with the city because what we see right now, it's it's already hard to find public space for our product. With this uh, 130 uh, charging stations, the infrastructure is quite dense, but it's not capable for to, yeah, for to take up, up to... I would say three, three k of vehicles or so. Then, then we need to talk about how we rearrange uh, public space for to make it easier to to make the system scale.
0: Interesting. So another bottleneck to like really roll out, to go into the mainstream in your model, which I think mm-hmm. is the preferred model for cities to make it station based, not free floating more and more European cities, does require a bunch of space for stations. If we talk about in theory, there could be five or 10,000 sharing bikes in Aachen. If you wanted to get to like meaningful single digit percentage share of the model, split, you, you said before you have about 10 bikes per station. You gave this example, 200 bikes, 20 stations. So this might require 500 or 1000 stations. What's the size of a station? Does a normal station fit, like on one parking spot, one car parking lot? The
1: uh, it standard configuration, yeah, 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 takes two two parking two, and, and this, um,
0: parking yeah. spots. So, 500 stations is the equivalent of a thousand parking spots. Now, how yeah. many parking spots do you think there are in Aachen today? Well,
1: oh, I, I I don't really know, but uh, this is this this is another another um, point of this uh, bigger discussion, I would say, because we just use. Two or three parking spots until now to build up our That's station. That's funny. And Sorry, this but you guys the a, it's really like a pioneer discussion. city, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, this this is a really big discussion, especially in the main area of Aachen, where the pressure is uh, very high. Pressure of the politics onto the onto the city as, a, administration. They they always tell us we want to do more, but this is not easy for us. <laughs> it is not not easy to move there.
0: I think that um, probably I don't have this number, but we can look it up. Um, there are about 50,000 parking spots in Aachen, and they would need to dedicate one or 2% of those um, for yeah. um, stations to facilitate this kind of rollout. And I think it's uh, not super surprising. It's a little bit the state to some extent of shared mobility. Eh? But I visited customers in in Kopenhagen this summer, and they told me they are taking away 30% of the parking spaces until 2030 and another 30% will get dedicated for sharing vehicles. So 70% of the oh. free parking spaces will go away. Half entirely go away for greenery or something and the other half for sharing. So just another like European um, city that is really uh, pushing in these directions of more progressive mobility that's showing what it's possible. But um, in our case, it's uh, not really wanted. They're kind of in the... Seems like we are in the year of maximum number ever, and two percent trick. And Aachen was a role model um, also for yeah bike sharing in the past. And there's something underway. You mentioned that they are in fact subsidizing, so trips are offered at a euro fifty per and so on. But not a lot of space is made available. You're basically trying to kind of yeah have the new thing without causing any also discomfort. To anyone else, when in, I'm not sure if it will be possible to have everything, to have the same availability and luxury as before, and then also the uh, new modes available on top of that.
1: Yeah, that's right. For, for a really, really big rollout, there's still a lot to do, a lot to change even in the, in the mindset of the people. Because these, if you look to the statistics, these yeah, street-along parking slots, they're not that important. They're more or less overrated when you compare them to the total requirement of, uh, of the quantity of parking slots in the city. And you, you, you could substitute them. But uh, yeah, it's this buzzword uh, sort of discomfort for, for some single people. And you do not want to yeah, get into this fight or this discussion.
0: Take away anything that um, we've gotten used to already. Yeah. Yeah. What are other things you guys are working on as a team to have this kind of scale up now um, that are important for you next year, next 12 months, as you have to uh, overcome? Somehow.
1: Yeah, right now we are working on the other way to to finance our products, so to lower this initial investment even without applying for um, for public funding. One way we are we are looking deeply into is uh, an as a service model where we build up leasing structure for our products so that mm-hmm. you can just use them as a service with a monthly fee for the stations for the vehicles besides the software products
0: and i guess you are um, hopefully not going to use uh, only equity for that but you are um looking are you looking to finance refinance this um through banks or how easy or difficult is it for you to kind of find a financial services partner for this at the moment
1: sorry i didn't get the first part of the question and you're
0: probably not uh, gonna try to f- finance vehicles through your equity through your own money yeah. trying to partner up with some financial service company how easy or difficult okay. is that at the moment to find someone to finance these vehicles
1: there are some some players who try to fill this niche of uh, of financing products for for shared micro mobility one of one of these companies is our partner for for financing the the vehicles There are not that many players and when you talk to to a bank to a bigger bank it's still its still a big issue to, uh, to 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 get money for this, but uh, yeah, now no, we found a partner. We really happy about this, and uh, this is a good good step. I mean, the best way would be to to uh, make make this this uh, product available in another way with a uh, with lower uh, interest for us. But uh, this is a good start.
0: <laughs> Are you able to share kind of order of magnitude interest rate that people expect that you have to pay in the finance uh, sharing vehicles, or maybe that's too confidential? I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe give us a rough I really range. I don't know
1: we can talk about. Um,
0: <laughs> it. I would say,
1: I don't know if this range is still the status quo, but I think we started the discussion with a range between 6 to 12%. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah.
0: Okay. not but outrageous. Perfect by the start. <laughs> um, what's something that you, since you are long in the industry, also beyond your own products that you think is underrated at the moment that will get interesting next year or evolve faster than people are thinking in mobility that you are that you would be betting on in addition to bike sharing?
1: Yeah, I mean, related to our product, I would say that the the, the role of uh, cargo bikes will be will it be bigger in the next year. So also the share in our fleets will be yeah yeah will change on the side of the the cargo bikes but i also think that we we will see more more vehicles you can we can uh, build build up bigger distances in this in this in the cities so this uh, broad portfolio i would say would will become a bigger role in in the cities mm-hmm. yeah, yeah but this is uh yeah really near related to our products
0: yeah. basically um ego customer or customer of your customer basically um of the Um, Cities, public transport, and you are fortunate to be close to one of your stations, you will have access to a portfolio of vehicles in the future. And one of the categories um, especially that you see growing would be um, cargo bikes. And we've seen some, yeah, let's say evolution in the space. Um, of cargo bike sharing in Germany, it's a the, very niche um, at the moment. But definitely, if you live in certain parts of, I think of all the big cities, um, they become very ubiquitous in the in the picture now of like the default daily use case uh, of families.
1: Yeah, yeah, I always see this standard use case: shopping, young family, The goes, Question goes becomes shopping. then: what's better,
0: <laughs> ownership or sharing? <laughs> um, but in addition to whatever upfront investment or so, I think there's also yes. definitely the service aspect. We own a cargo bike, and I've had to drive it. Let's say, yeah, an hour somewhere and to the, like, get it repaired and flat tires. And ADAC is doing it now, but they don't really want to do it. So when the guy comes, he's like pointing (laughs) out that he's actually much overqualified to help. I'm more into cars. (laughs) Yeah, more into cars, really. And what's this? But yeah, it's um, also a convenience aspect. I can definitely see that. I mean, this whole aspect of, yeah, getting even a, not having to worry about um, anything, getting it just service, can, you can turn it in again. Um, and then maybe also dipping into the need for um, buildings or certain locations to and pay to make this available it's interesting all right anything else far away from your business model that you thought was interesting or that you are bullish about in mobility at the moment
1: yeah maybe maybe one one question to you because it's more related to the to the software development what do you think about because i i think it's very interesting um what do you think about inter intermodality? intermodal intermodal routing so routing with the different types of vehicles in one in one route.
0: <laughs> do you really want to do it as an end user? That's kind of what I asked myself. I mean, I can maybe there are. Some I don't edge- really know. <laughs> I'm very skeptical. I think that urban mobility yeah, is about only a few things and like convenience, but also experience and yeah, status to some extent, for sure. Um, all the uh, margin, much of the margin comes from not something, only a vehicle that gets you from A to B, but the convenience aspect. I mean, you try to make it easy and probably avoid switching in between to another um, vehicle type. And I think that, yeah, this idea that you would have maybe an app, it's the perfect combination for your upcoming journey where service or other vehicle type and so on is I'm not so sure if it unlocks all the potential that um, we're sometimes hoping. I think most of the trips are routine trips and we don't need this kind of new insight, new advice, the combination that would be possible. Hopefully it's with only one mode end to end. And yeah, if a switch is necessary, then it makes sense to have these hubs and have them close to each other. In Hamburg, half of our switch or whatever, like these, uh, if there's a light trail or subway station to have space allocated right next to it for sharing vehicles. So you can uh, makes um, sense, but it's kind of like a plan B. Plan A is to use only okay. one mode, I think. And yeah, want to keep it simple and fast and kind of very underrated at the moment, probably, but also fun. We talk a lot about operational efficiency, how trips maybe have to be even subsidized and we have to produce them so efficiently and so on. But in mobility overall, where does most of the money get spent? Also still today. It's not about what's the rational choice, but what I want to do, maybe. A lifestyle yeah, that's right. Why people yeah. <laughs> pick certain vehicles at BMW and others shouldn't exist if it were.
1: Yeah, sometimes. Even the car you this. have, because when I visited
0: you in Aachen, you gave me a ride at yeah. the end of the day. So you have mm-hmm. not, let's say, the cheapest A to B car. You have a nice car, it feels, and I even commented about it. It's like, this is cool, I'll get to ride in it, right? So um, we, everyone, yeah. it makes sense, even if we are still enjoying driving a cool car, And this is something we have to also keep in mind. Is it a great experience? There was a quote that he stole from someone and I'm stealing from him now, but I saw the Tomorrow Bank founder used this some days ago, all about sustainability. And he said, if you want to save the world, you have to throw a better party than the ones destroying it. And I now always have to think about it in the last days since he said this. But if our shared mobility services are rationally making a ton of sense... But it's a bit of a hassle and not really cool. It doesn't make us feel great. Then it's going to stay at like 1% share of total yeah, trips. It right. has right. to be also awesome. And I don't really think for our inner city trips that are 15 minutes or 20 minutes, even having to change in between is awesome. You know, has to be door-to-door in a vehicle that's great, feels great maybe even makes you look great when you drive around.
1: Yeah, and I think this is something we we can achieve with a new bike.
0: I hope so, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The bike that we are going to roll out together um, is designed um, by us in Germany uh, or in Europe, let's say. And I think it makes sense um, it's not just about the range, and so on. It's also about the haptics and user experience, yeah. and also what it um, looks like. I think we have to do that. We're coming from kind of a bit kind of academic um, background, or also environmental initiatives, where sharing originally um, comes from, and um, we have to embrace the lifestyle. As, um, just
1: and th- this is also something which, with with which uh, changed in our perspective because we started with this idea that um, these these kind of vehicles is more or less uh, it's 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 a tool to move from A to B should be. Wrong. And easy to use, but it, it's a tool. But it's not just a tool; it should be fun.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for the openness and sharing from your history, experience, some insights, some numbers. Also, mm-hmm. um, that's very, very cool. Um, Appreciate you taking the time uh, today. Thank you, too. Thank you for the invitation. All the best for the coming months and the rollout. And May Aachen kind of think with the end goal in mind and go to like really a rollout of thousands of e-bikes. And yeah, let's keep pushing them in that direction.
1: Yeah, we're really excited to (laughs) work on this. (laughs) Thank you very much. See you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.